Good evening and welcome to another episode of Swimming with the Fish, where tonight we're promoting uranium to number one on the periodic table. Good evening, folks. I am, as always, Crutch, and I am here, as always, with my two partners in crime. Chief, how are you this evening? A little under the weather, but I will survive. Yes, uh, we'll probably have to talk a little bit about that since really it was Goon's fault. Goon, how are you? Uh, I'm awesome. Let me just say that I didn't know the two things were going to happen at the same time. Which two things would that be, sir? He was trying well, to finish off the Native Americans. That's what was going on. <laughs> well, well, it all started if, hundreds of years ago with with the with the hurricane. But yeah, if the Native Americans had kept their word and showed up when they were supposed to, it wouldn't have been a problem. Oh, just saying. Well, uh, we showed up, and that's how we left. But, but but we were supposed to show up the day before. Um, okay, so uh, Chief is highly we are al- confused. Chief is highly allergic to uh, um, to uh, animals of the canine persuasion and the feline persuasion true, and the breathable true, persuasion. Correct. And and sometimes I feel when, about wombats. I, I'm ambivalent to wombats. Okay. Ambivalent wombat. Sounds like a band name. I'm sorry, I digress. You think? <laughs> Just a little. Um, so whenever the uh, chief visits Stately Goon Manor, I try to have the dogs, you know, not there. I can't do much about the cats because, frankly, they, they do what they want. <laughs> They're cats. Exactly. Okay. On Sunday, we had... Um, we were asked by uh, uh, the uh, uh, dog uh, rescue group that Hurricane and I volunteer with if we would take a foster dog for a Aww. few weeks. And long story short, the the group was going to bring over the dog on Sunday. And they gave me a time. And I said, well, that's okay. And then I got a call from uh, from Chief asking if he would come over. He was doing me a big favor, and he was actually delivering me uh, some some stuff. Legal things, let me just say that. <laughs> got some stuff coming. And uh, uh, Chief arrived uh, exactly when he said he would. Uh, unfortunately, while he was in my house, the dog people arrived early at the door with the, with the canine. And I started talking to them, thinking, all right, this will be okay. And I look over at Chief, and the, the poor man was suffering. He didn't, he didn't look like the Indian with the tear coming down. There were several tears. <laughs> he looked and more I, like that expanding guy at the end of, um, oh, what was it, uh, Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that guy. That's good. Or, uh, or the witches at the end of Hocus Pocus, which I've seen 17 million times. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mickey Mouse and Company. Uh, and and so is yeah, it, he is it written into your contract somewhere that that you've got to put in at least one Disney plug per show? Yes. Okay, I I don't remember they, writing that part. They own us. Did you not know that? No, I for one did not know that. Well, now I've you been know. owned, but I didn't know it was by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll send you the contract. It's really just a pair of manacles, but you'll get the idea. Okay. Sorry. 
So yes. So anyway. So, so the chief the, the chief had to depart quickly and before and, he did and, an imitation of a Macy's Day Parade balloon or a falling sequoia. Yeah. So I did feel I do I do feel bad about that chief. She's a sweet dog, just not good for you. Yeah, I get that. Now, now, Chief, are you also affected by what are referred to as hyperallergenic dogs? No, my sister has one, and that thing rubs all over me, and I don't have a problem. That is so weird. How do they breed dogs to be that way? It's in the fur, I guess. I have no idea. They they breed them in a clean room. <laughs> <laughs> Little guys in the in the bunny suits <laughs> they wear gloves and those cute little white suits and stuff it's hard to keep the gloves and the dog's paws though but, oh, I, we, we digress so so, ladies and gentlemen actually uh, <clears throat> all wonderful canine stories aside tonight's show is uh, hopefully going to uh, bring you up to date on a story that unless you really like to dig deep into the uh, shenanigans of the political elite um, or you listen to a fair amount of Fox News and Rush Limbaugh, you probably haven't heard a lot about. In fact, I don't even know if mainstream media can even spell Uranium One. Um, if if you guys out there think this whole business last Monday of the indictment of, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Manafort. And is it John Gates? The other gentleman, his partner... Uh, uh, it was a big deal. <clears throat> it is about as small a deal as possible compared to the wonderful shenanigans that has kind of been brewing for, oh, let me see, when did all this fun and game start? 1992. So what we're talking 25 years ago is when this whole started. We're going to give you a kind of a timeline of what the whole Uranium One deal was about and how it actually plays into the events of last Monday. Um, we are, this is Wednesday, we are well aware of what happened yesterday. We felt it was important for us to let a little time go by and get a little more details before we comment on the incident in New York. We'll probably be covering that next week's show. So, to tonight's show, let us go back to the wonderful year of 1992. George H.W. Bush was, in fact, president. Wouldn't be prudent. Exactly. So, um, if you remember the Soviet Union had recently fallen, and the Russian Federation, as it was known at the time, uh, was in desperate need of getting some serious cash. So they kind of worked out a deal with the United States, who, while we really like our uranium, don't have a lot of our own, it turns out. So they said, hey, you guys have agreed to dismantle a crap ton of nuclear weapons. We're going to take and downblend that nuclear material from weapons grade to energy grade. What, what these down blend? What, what do these we down blend? Yeah, it, what, is what? it is literally to add impurities to it so that it is no longer weapons grade uranium. So we mix with like sugar, something like this and give to you? No, we mix it with people doing bad Russian accents. Oh, okay then. Well... <laughs> We just got a line of them, and we just keep shoving them in there until they stop screaming. Um, no, I, to be honest with you, I would have to go and look it up. I am not a metallurgist, nor do I play one on the radio. Um, but anyway, the term is downblending, and it is literally the, the opposite of enriching. 
So you enrich uranium to get it to be weapons grade. You downblend it to get it to not be weapons grade. Anyway, <clears throat> so the um, the company that was doing this work was called Tenex. Now this is a company completely and totally controlled by the Kremlin, and it is a subsidiary of Rosatom, or Rosatom, which is a Russian firm. May I stop saluting now? You may. <laughs> now, Tenex and Rosatom, right, they have a US, U.S. subsidiary called Tenam, T-E-N-A-M, USA. And uh, it has as its boss a uh, Russian individual named Vadim Mekirin. Uh, he's an interesting character. So let's fast forward a little bit to about 2005. And former President Clinton, old Bill, he's got this friend, this Canadian billionaire friend, named Frank Giustra. Now, Giustra makes money with um, mining companies. And he found a way to obtain the uranium mining rights from the dictator of Kazakhstan. Turns out Kazakhstan's got a lot of uranium. And the deal enabled Giustra's company, which was called Eurasia Energy, to merge into a company called Uranium One, which would be actually run out of South Africa. It was a $3.5 billion windfall. And Kustra and his partners thereafter contributed tens of millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. Oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> come on. Well. Come on now. Yeah. I'm sure. Honest. I'm sure it was a coincidence. You I know. can't believe there'd be gambling in here. <laughs> round, up, round up the usual suspects. Thank you. We're going right to Casablanca. That's awesome. Let's, well, we're going to start early and start early, right? That's so, right. Um, so it turns out that in, in addition to the valuable Kazakh reserves, Uranium One, which of course was a South African company, um, also controlled about one-fifth of the uranium stockpile in the United States. That's where that whole one-fifth of, of the United States uranium stockpile phrase you keep hearing comes from. Uranium One already had it. Giustra's company basically made it... Um, part of this this deal with the Kazakhstan and um, South Africa merger to make this one company. Now, <clears throat> that was in 2005. In 2008, the Bush administration, because, let's be honest, W sometimes just wasn't all that smart, he tried to set up a nuclear cooperation deal with the Kremlin. Treating oh, them uh, wait, wait, wait a minute, a, a what? Nuclear. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Right. Strategery. Um, trying to make up a deal with the Kremlin, treating them as a strategic partner instead of a competitor, because frankly they were. Um, Congress somehow grew a pair and tabled the deal uh, before ratification because at the time Russia had just invaded Georgia, and I guess it would have looked, you know, kind of bad for on the world stage if, you know, we were, well, you really shouldn't have invaded Georgia. Oh, yeah, and here's this wonderful deal on nukes because, you know, what the heck uh, so uh, 2009 rolls around Obama comes in and Hillary goes over there with her dumb reset button and uh, they they obviously have a a, a, a desire to um, to strengthen reinforce reset if you will the relationship with the Russians um, Hillary certainly does because well frankly that original deal back in 2005 with Bill and, and his friends over there um, you know, that, that kind of worked out pretty good for him. 
So um, this McCarran guy, who uh, who runs uh, Tenem USA, <clears throat> well, it turns out he's in charge of managing Rostom 10X's contracts with Amer- American uranium producers. So he's um he's kind of a shady character. I mean. Uh, the Obama administration had tried to give him a uh, get him a visa, only to find out that the FBI had already been investigating him for about a year for racketeering in the United States without actually having to be here, which is impressive. You know, it's the long arms of racketeering, I guess. Um, so he um, he used his leverage uh, with uh, the companies to uh, extort and defraud a lot of money from these U.S. contractors and got them to pay inflated prices for the uranium. Now. Of course, you know, if I'm making a lot of money on the uranium, hey, goes back into the Kremlin's pockets, they're happy. And now I've got something to hold over these companies, so I've got the blackmail aspect for later on, you know, when you want to really get into the serious shenanigans. And they did. They started laundering the proceeds through shell companies and secret banking accounts in Latvia, Cyprus, Switzerland, the Seychelles Islands. It was... um. It was pretty much, uh, you know, sometimes the transactions were cash, uh, envelopes stuffed with thousands of dollars worth of cash. That's just awesome. Suitcase full of dollars. Now, well, yeah, kind of cool. To most people, this is known as standard Russian operating procedure. But this must be big news to those of us who don't know how these things go down. Well, well, <laughs> well you know, you, you and I, and, and, and well, you know, both of you and I, um, you know, we're we're fine, upstanding citizens of the great country of the United States, and and the concept that you would have to, you know, throw a little money around to uh, to get some work with a political operative, would be a foreign concept, or or should I even talk about this chief? <laughs> well, my my whole uh, thing on this is, a lot of people are bringing up the the fact that part of the deal that that Clinton brokered stated that there would be no the the uranium would stay in the United States it may belong to someone but it would have to stay here and what they don't realize is as you have so eloquently put it was already able to move because the companies that already had it they can pull products from one spot to another and who's really going to stop them so if there was an inventory it's it's kind of like if you were uh, Fort Knox if you were to inventory the supposed gold that may or may not be there and you look and the thing is empty and you go well when did this happen you know this it would the, the, the flags answer, the answer could be anything from yesterday or it was never ever here yeah it's going to be it point is it would be bad lots of people would look bad and you know those who were in charge would be in trouble very true very true yeah this this McCarran character is um he's he's quite the uh he's quite the uh, the wheeler dealer basically in order to further his interest he actually tried to um to find a lobbyist who could act on his behalf and of course you know natural way to do business with somebody is in, invariably to to extort threaten them so uh, he found a lobbyist that he could extort and, and threaten and um, and this individual however felt a little uncomfortable with the way things were going because I guess he says well the Russian guy here is, is putting a lean on me but I really don't want to spend the rest of my life you know in a jail so he or, or, 
Or in traction. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So he hightails it over to the FBI, and they now refer to him as Confidential Source 1, or CS1 for short. And that code's got like a code name. Now, here, here's the deal. Since, so, since you could find out what it was, I'm uh-huh. guessing that keeping that uh, hidden from his enemies wasn't entirely successful. <laughs> Well, of course, this is seven years ago, so you know, statute of limitations. He's probably dead by now. I, I'm I was going to say, how much deader, <laughs> how much deader will he be now than he would have seven years ago? Uh, well, he might be a little more decayed. I, I, I honestly don't know. He may, in fact, still be alive and living on a small island outside of the, you know the outskirts of the Seychelles with somebody's money. He's buried, he's buried out in the woods out there. I like seeing the Seychelles. Quitting. I don't even know where it is. Does anybody here know where the Seychelles are? No. Okay. Uh, we'll probably include a link to where are the Seychelles and find Carmen San Diego there. But um, so anyway, it turns out that um, CS1 was um, was deep in McCarran's business and handling a lot of the information on how to you know promote McCarran's um, activities, and he was passing along all of the schemes and stuff to um, the chief at the FBI, who is uh, a gentleman in 2010, a gentleman whose name might be familiar to uh, Robert Mueller. Wait, 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 wait. The same guy who's the special counsel investigating Russian allegations? uh, Uh, Yes. Piddling around? That guy? He's the... uh Uh-huh. But it gets better. You're going to love this. Since... The um, the firm, uh, the U.S. Uh, firm, uh, what is it called again? Do 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 do. The firm. Uh, Let's just call them Scandals or Us. No 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 no. The the, the U.S. branch of uh, Uranium One's. Ten Ten M. Ten M USA. That's the company. Oop. And um. Ten M. As just previously. <laughs> yes, Ten M. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. So 10M is based in Rockville, Maryland. So the FBI wanted to get the U.S. attorney for the state of Maryland to be handling the prosecution of the case. That happens to be a guy named Rosenstein. Now, does that name sound familiar? Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rodenstein. Or Rodenstein. <laughs> Rod Rosenstein. Yes, Rod Rosenstein is the current Deputy Attorney General who, wait for it, hired former FBI Chief Mueller to be the special counsel. Boy, I'm glad there's nothing suspicious about all of this. I know. I know they work together. They have a relationship. For all the people that you've mentioned so far, how Uh, many of them are in jail right now? Why? Uh, well, <laughs> none. none, none at all. Not at all. No, 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 no. no uh, except for maybe confidential source one, who's probably pushing up the daisies out there in Chappaquiddick or somewhere like that. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, so as it turns out, one of the other pieces of information you've, you've ignored, you've with. ignored, you've ignored that twice. That means that you're you're afraid of her. Is that right? I have no idea who you're talking about, and I don't want to be shot in the back of the head uh, committing suicide twice. That's simple. I just keep a spritzer full of holy water around. That'll take care of her. 
<laughs> Even at this moment, I'm surrounding my desk with a ring of salt. <laughs> so that's what here, the went. Okay. here, take that. <laughs> yeah, see, y'all think I just eat pretzels. For, I'm just saving up the salt. Y'all don't see it? I roll it off in a little bag. I always put it on my desk. And maybe I should get I'm one safe. of those. Maybe I should get one of those buckets and shakers like they have in the Catholic Church for the holy water. Maybe that would be better than a spritzer. Buckets and shakers? Yeah, you know. Really? Like, yeah, you have a little bucket <laughs> that you put the little shaker in and then you sprinkle the holy water on the congregation. You gotta you tell make you, it sound like I'm seasoning beef. <laughs> you you've seen these? Uh, yeah, I'm Catholic. I'm the only one here yeah. who is Catholic. No, I was raised Catholic. I know what's going on. Do do they have some special Latin name? Is that what you're is that what you're upset about? Well, I'm pretty sure it's not like called turkey baster, but yeah, it, it's a shaker and a bucket. <laughs> I will, in fact, include the appropriate name for it. I'm pretty sure it's not shaker and bucket. That to me, it sounds like a law firm. I'm guessing um, that tomorrow morning there's going to be a knock on my door. I'm going to open it. I'm going to go. Why, good morning, holiness. <laughs> no, there's just going to be a guy who's wearing a white collar carrying a submachine gun. You know that branch of the. Uh, Ah, uh, uh, the special branch of the brothers, Jesuits. Ooh, now see, I wouldn't have gone there. Yeah, I would have. Okay. But as it turns out, going back to the, the story, back in 2010, so we've got FBI Chief Mueller and U.S. Attorney Rosenstein, who are getting all kinds of wonderful information from their friend CS1. And uh, one of the other things they find out is that the Russians are trying to ingratiate themselves with no, it is not Donald Trump, because Donald Trump doesn't mean anything to them in 2010. It is, in fact, the Clintons. So here we are. Now it's 2010. Obama administration issues a visa to McCarran, even though the FBI has had him under investigation for over a year. <clears throat> Putin, not happy with the fact that um, this whole uranium deal went went out went down without him getting any of it um, he tries to muscle in on the Kazakh deal and the leader of Kazakhstan decides to arrest the official that did the original uranium deal with um, with uh, Mr. Gustra all of a sudden uranium one's stock starts to plummet so what do you think happens wait for it wait for it that's right the United States State Department jumps in to save the day Oh, wait. Why, why wait. are they getting in the middle of, of a conflict between Russia and Kazakhstan? Oh, wait, that's right. The Secretary of State's last name is Clinton. Uh, oh, my, 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 have they been busy. Well, they arranged for Rosatom to buy 17% of Uranium One. Now, all of a sudden, the Kazakhstan... Uh, official who got arrested, he's released, and you know, there's peace and joy and love and harmony and money and more money and, and some more money. Of course, you know, as you might have imagined, and uh, you know, we all respect Comrade Putin, but Putin wasn't really interested in 17% of anything. Uh, Putin likes having a controlling interest because, oh wait, yeah, he likes to control stuff. Small problem. Uranium is considered a national security asset. So if you're going to try to buy stuff like uranium out of the United States, you've got to go through something called the CFIUS, which stands for the Committee 
on foreign investment in the United States. They need to approve this deal. Well, as it turns out, both Secretary of State Clinton and Attorney General Holder are on the CFIUS. And they and the other 14, 14 total members, the other 12 members, approved the deal wholeheartedly. And it was totally okay with them. And then surprisingly enough, Bill Clinton, former president, who's usually gets about $100,000 for a speech, suddenly he gets a $500,000 paycheck for uh, speaking to a bank, which is run by the Kremlin. <clears throat> and uh, all of a sudden the Clinton Foundation finds itself $145 million richer uh, from sources linked to the Uranium One deal. Clinton and Holder both kept Congress in the dark about all of this, even through multiple references and queries by both Republican and Democratic House members. Which Democratic House members, uh, actually? Was it, uh, was it up Chuck Schumer? I will have to get the name for you. It is in the story in the link. I did not write down the, the, uh, the members who were, uh, who were um, being inquiring minds wanting to know. I mean, I was just wondering, maybe he grew a spine or something like that, you know? No, no, he didn't. No. And, and so, as, as I am uh, always doing at work, at home, <laughs> and everywhere else, Mm-hmm. I believe the last Batman movie had had something to say about this because you may wonder the, why. Well, wait, I'm I'm sorry. The last Batman movie. Yes, Batman movie. Okay, do tell because now I'm totally well, there's, in, there, interested. There's there's people that are trying to do the right thing, and there are people that are not. Oh, and, and the the uh, quote that comes to mind. Is, there's a point far out there when the structures fail you when the rules aren't weapons anymore they're shackles letting the bad guys get ahead one day you may face such a moment of crisis and in that moment I hope you had a friend like I did to plunge their hands into the filth so that you can keep your hands clean mm. now of course Commissioner Gordon's hands were dirty and, well, uh, yeah. and that was pointed out, and <clears throat> you, you'll you'll notice that even with all, if if you know people of non-governmental intelligence like us can put these things together, you you may wonder why uh, our wonderful Attorney General Current is unable to do anything about this. What is he doing? He appears to have recused himself from being visible. Right, and who has been left in power in his absence? Rosenstein. Which means that who, when when you have the fox watching the hen house, who wins? It ain't the hens. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't the hens. So you you really do have to wonder. It, there's a there's a book out there from Ed Klein and it has some valuable insight into what has been going on for this entire administration and it it is called All Out War and it uh, documents what happened 
during a, a I guess it was a dinner during Christmas where the Obamas and Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett were all uh, coming up with a plan and basically this whole thing from the beginning has been like well it looks like we're losing and then it looks like we lost and we've got to put something in place because there's a lot of us that did a lot of bad things of course we're going to be rich for life but mm -hmm. we, we got to make it there and we got to make it four years or less depending on just what we're able to do to the incoming administration and they have been doing it since day one in fact before day one if uh if day one is considered january they've been doing this <laughs> since what uh november 7th like well <laughs> that one didn't work let's <laughs> plan b initiate yeah i mean as as little as we've heard about any of this stuff we probably wouldn't even know this much of this stuff had the election gone the other way Oh, you'd have never heard of this. Are you kidding? Yeah. Any reporter who decided to get too curious would get very depressed. <laughs> and they would get on some medication, and then they would end up shooting themselves or others. Some some, some sort of, of uh, non-specific harm would specifically befall them. Oh, almost forgot. Uh, in 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 reference to your earlier question, Goon, about did anybody you know go to jail over any of this? Uh, back in 2014, as I'm sure the chief remembers, uh, Russia annexed Crimea, and the Obama administration decided that that was just going too far. So they ended up arresting McCarran and a few others. But when they realized you can't possibly put this man on trial because if he just opens his mouth, Hillary won't even be able to run for dog catcher. <laughs> so they kept the entire uh, case quiet, and he kind of like kind of like it is now for her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he uh, McCarran was allowed to plead guilty to a single count of money laundering conspiracy, and had uh, notes and no time no time was served. So, of course. There you go. So, wow. uh, so how does this play into um, the events of Monday? Well, as you have heard multiple times from my incredibly long rambling, um, we, our Mr. Rosenstein from the great state of Maryland and, uh, and his buddy over there, Mr. Muller, um, who are, you know, frickin' frack. <laughs> I almost want to call him Rosenstein and Gildenstern. Um <laughs> Just because, you know, kind of the same job, right? You know, think about it. Um, they basically are, are, are keeping the focus on um, this ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous uh, business of looking into Trump. It's, it's funny, you know, if anybody has a Russia problem, it really is Hillary. I mean, the Clinton campaign... Uh, you know, business with the with the phony dossier. Um, now that it's been shown that the Clinton campaign and the DNC, who shouldn't be working together in the first place, right? You know, sorry, Bernie fans. Um, you know, the money for the British spy to the Russian sources in order to obtain the famous Trump dossier, which we all know is crap. Um, they may have violated two different sections of the 52 U.S. Code. Uh, one section prohibiting giving and receiving foreign money in U.S. campaigns because they were paying this 
this British guy for the uh, dossier. And um, uh, section was a 30121, which prohibited filing false and misleading campaign reports to hide the money. Because the money they paid out, they listed it as legal fees. Uh, the dude ain't a lawyer. He's a spy. They don't have a spy fees section. So if they put it in for opposition research, they would have had to explain it, and then everybody would have gone, what the heck are you doing? I mean, there's not really a section on the tax forms for graft, so, you know, what were they supposed to do? <laughs> it's true. Well, you know, you can pencil that in. There's line 33C. No. Um, you know, and you just write on the checks, you know, in the little memo area. Just write graft. The the, the funniest part about all this is that, that nobody has been able to legally touch Robert Miller because in order to get in front of a judge, you have to have standing in the case. I can't just go up to a judge and say, I don't think the special prosecutor should be doing what he's doing because the judge will look at me and go, who the heck are you? You do not have standing in this case. You're not involved in it. You didn't set it up. You're not being affected by it. However, as of Monday, there are two individuals who now have standing in this case, and they would be Paul Manafort and I think it's John Gates. I think his name's John. I will go look that up. We'll, 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 call, him mis- we'll call him Mr. Mr. Manafort and Mr. Gates have standing. Now, <clears throat> here's where Mr. Mueller has a little problem, where Mr. Rosenstein kind of kind of blew it when he gave Mr. Mueller his marching orders. The, uh, the special counsel law specifically requires that a special counsel investigate a crime. Okay? That's written right into the law, 28 CFR 600. When Mr. Rosenstein appointed Mueller, he sent him to investigate, and I quote, any links and or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the campaign of President Donald Trump. There is no crime listed in that set of instructions. If Manafort and Gates decide to go in front of a federal judge and say, hey, this this guy's entire investigation is illegal because there was no crime to investigate. He wasn't set out to investigate the crime uh, of whatever it is that um, that they the 12 counts in the indictment. He was basically put on one ginormous fishing expedition. The federal judge may turn right around and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm shutting the whole thing down, and the entire thing would be disbanded by a judicial order. And the Department of Justice would have to seek out a brand new indictment for Manafort Gates without the use of the special counsel or any of the information the special counsel has obtained through wiretaps or any of the other fun and games. Or basically, the Justice Department would have to drop the case entirely. And wouldn't that look bad well you have to remember who's in charge and the people whether or not they're actually going to do their job I mean because if we if what people don't understand due to the way that our democracy is set up if Trump President Trump thought that there was there was something against him he could pardon both of them and then all their stuff goes away now the reason why he doesn't really care about Papadopoulos is because 
from that book and other sources that trace back mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Judge Andrew Napolitano uh, had the uh, had the theory that when he was put in there and he was introduced that he w- he had already you know uh, been caught and was working basically for the FBI and he was trying to listen in on conversations and steer things towards the conclusion of you know Russian collusion right. because some of the things that were picked up that he that he reported ended mm-hmm. up in the dossier now how would that happen the only reason why it would happen is if he had uh, heard it at some point or he had it in his recordings and then he gave it over and that's where you know you sprinkle some truth around a whole bunch of hyperbole and you come up with what <laughs> what apparently was in this grand dossier so if it was a plant and once again from the book all in the beginning hey we you know we can't let this happen then that that is uh it's gonna look bad for everybody well folks i gotta tell you um i'm i've already brought up the amazon page i'll include the link uh, on amazon to ed klein's book um i'm reading through the preface right now and um, i may just be uh may just be getting a, a little purchase uh a little night reading I don't read that fast, but, you know, it's not like I'll be able to give you a book report next week. I don't do book reports anymore. Gave that up in middle school. Anyway. Given the number of people that you've uh, um, exposed tonight, you ought to be buying a bunker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, next week, if I sound a little echoey and tinny, then you'll know that I have (laughs) secured myself in an abandoned Nike missile silo. And I will... I'm still in my bunker from last week, and 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 I will be reporting from there. Uh, uh, too sweet. Um, we will probably cover uh, the uh, the incident in New York um, to a great detail next week when uh, a lot of people have had a chance to say a lot of things about it. Uh, for the the, the incident uh, by the uh, purveyor of the religion of peace, that one, right? Right, the one where CNN felt the need to translate what he said into English because, you know, using the words that he actually said tend to you know trigger people, I guess. But I, uh, we, but we uh, la- pregress. <laughs> we pregress. La- last night during uh, trick or treating mm. is when I found out about the incident in New York. And uh, and oh. I said loudly in my neighborhood, ah, another act from the religion of peace. That's when I noticed the uh, lady walking down my street with her kids was uh, was wearing a headscarf. Rutro, uh, do you know what color? I mean, she might have been, you know, El Fata. I don't know. No, no, no. It was dark. I couldn't tell. She's a silhouette. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. But if I'm somebody right bunker now. <laughs> Somebody writes a fatwa on me, you know. That's not. Uh, I, that doesn't make any sense. Why? Because if you are a practicer of said religion, you should not be participating in the event of the thirty-first. Mm. So that. I, oh, oh, really? You can't do that. Correct. I didn't know that. You're no, you're not supposed. You can do whatever you want. You're not supposed to. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I understand. There's a prohibition. This that is, I, that is quite sacrilegious. Sacrilegious it would be considered haram, and and uh, wow. you know, if if you had if you had called me, I would have been at mini golf and would not have answered. But on on the off chance that you got through when I was not 
of beating the pants off of everyone that I was mini golfing with, then I would <laughs> I would have given you other things that you could say in your loud bellowing voice <laughs> to <laughs> to get the point across. I'll, get I'll, I'll, I'll do the that now. I'll do five that times a day. <laughs> I'll um, follow him right down the street. It's okay with me. Chief, uh, for the record, um, you're supposed to hit the ball in midi golf, not people's pants. <laughs> okay, I well, I want to clarify that. Look, I do what it takes to win. Okay, and that's why I won. <laughs> that's right. I beat their pants all the way down to their ankles. They fell over. Okay, well, ladies crying. and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed our little um, walk through history. Um, it'll be very interesting to see whether or not um, the uh, the two defendants uh, grow a set and get themselves a good lawyer. And uh, we'll uh, pick this all up again next week. Have a good evening. OJ did it.